You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is M&M Investments. Minus four and a half on the road. I am all in against bad quarterbacks and no-name pack quarterbacks. Featuring Mutt and Merloni. A well-rounded football team. I don't think they lose four games in a row. I think right now it's about three and a half. Brought to you by Twin River Casino and Hotel. Check out the brand new sports book at Twin River Casino in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Now open. Here's Mike Mutnatsky and Lou Merloni. All right, a big, big, big week in horse racing, uh, not only locally but nationally. We'll start nationally and tell you Belmont Stakes weekend, a big weekend. No triple crown on the line, but there's uh, a, just a tremendous Breeders' Cup-like card Saturday in Elmont, New York. It's a Breeders' Cup in June, and that'll be happening nationally. Locally, another live race weekend at Suffolk Downs, and Jessica Paquette is back after giving us many, many winners last time you were here before the Preakness. Uh you gave people some good information last time you were here. Good to see you again. Nice to see you again. Thank you for having me, and happy Belmont. Happy live racing. It's a great week. Uh, weather is going to be awesome this weekend at Suffolk Downs. We'll get to the, the racing portion of it after we give Jess a lot of credit. If you listened last time Jess was in before the Preakness, forget her Preakness day. I don't even, did you like War of Will? Right on top. Okay, so there you go. A lot, and a lot of people did. You guys had that right. Congratulations. Yeah, that wasn't reinventing the wheel. I was wrong again. It makes a lot of <laughs> sense looking back on it now, but I there were... It, it made a lot of sense, and it, he paid more than I thought Are he was Are you finally pay. off Improbable? Finally? When they cut him back for the Alan Jerkins in Saratoga, I'll be back on. He, they're going to cut him back. He's, he's a sprinter. Took me three months to realize that. he's a grade three sprinter. He's a sprinter. He's okay. a great. Might also be a turf, turf horse. Might have some turf foot to him. I don't know. Please, no distance dirt races. I can't lose any more money on Improbable. You're right. But before we talk Preakness, we talk Suffolk Downs, and you brought up two angles for Suffolk Downs that immediately paid off. And I want to bring this up because... People fast forward through podcasts. You go. So I want people to hear this because you're, if you're a racing fan who's going to be looking at Suffolk Downs Saturday and Sunday, here are two angles Jess gave you that paid off. Jay Bernardini, the local trainer, and turf experience. The first day of racing at Suffolk Downs that Preakness weekend, Bernardini hit with a double-digit horse on the turf who showed very, very bad form but had form on the Suffolk Downs turf course. That angle com- combined hit your first day back, you put people on some big winners opening weekend in Suffolk Downs. I was so surprised that uh, you got some big price Jay Bernardini yes. horses. He was our leading trainer in 2014, and back then, I mean, it was chalk, 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 and they'd win, but they wouldn't really pay off. And he gets a little bit overlooked on these boutique weekends now that there are some big names coming in. And don't overlook the hometown favorite here. Jay comes here to his home track he's a native of Lynn he, he has his family's there so he comes he wants to go in the winner circle he comes locked and loaded ready to win I don't do you know exactly how many races he won that first weekend not off the top of my head uh quite a few and I think he actually ha- is going to have even a bigger weekend it was at this least weekend. four it was at least four I think and as you said I was looking at the entries and the entries for Suffolk Saturday and Sunday are awesome I mean, these are loaded fields this is not your typical 
Saturday, Sunday, smaller track card. You guys really went out of your way to try to get some more entries in the, the loaded fields. This is a huge, it, it's huge. It's such a competitive card. Saturday, there it's an average of 11 horses per race. You can't find that anywhere. They're running for big money. The races came up super deep, super competitive. I think our racing office put together, I think, the best card so far from these boutique weekends since 2014. They're live racing Saturday and Sunday at Suffolk Downs. Uh, you can be there. Parking is free, as you know. Admission is free. Uh, what, about 9,000 or so on Saturday for the first Saturday? A little bit more than that. There were food trucks, family fun. Wow. It was so nice to see such a great crowd and to see such life in horse racing in New England. I think there's still a huge appetite for it here. And if you don't get there this weekend, uh, you have one more weekend at Tech. Check out Live Racing in Suffolk Downs. That'll be June 29th and 30th. I'll be there that weekend. And I want to point this out. They're, they're not bulldozing the place the next day. You guys are going to be open all summer for degenerates like me to bet Saratoga and Delmar, correct? Come one, come all. Good. The doors are not closing Good. once racing stops on the 30th. We're going to be open for simulcasting as we kind of explore options to race somewhere else, hopefully in Great Barrington. So the doors are not closing. Race. This is our la- your last time to get live racing at the East Boston Oval, but you can still come and see the history of the place after that. All right, so part of our conversation was about Suffolk Downs last time. You were here also talking about the Preakness and Preview because you, you gave out the Derby Trifecta, which is like ten grand, no big deal. Eleven, but who's counting? Uh, you came back and gave out the winner in the Preakness. I, I think my biggest takeaway from from War of Will winning, and he was a he was a uh, legit winner. There was nothing fake about his win. The track was not souped up. He had legit win. But his buyer came back ninety six, and I think it sort of solidified what I thought is that as a whole, this is not the best three year old group. Now it's I think it's some depth to it, but I don't think there's that elite, obviously justify. Upper end talent. If you're winning the Preakness of the 96 buyer speed figure and ever fast is running second, I think that sums up the crop in general. That's how I look at it. How do you look at this three-year-old group heading into the Belmont on Saturday? I will take a group like this over a year with one standout star any day. This yep. is going to be a much more fun group to watch as the summer races progress. Once Omaha Beach comes back, I think things are going to get a little bit more interesting. Sure. And there's going to be so much hype when Maximum Security comes back to see how legitimate he actually is. Though the Haskell Hill win for fun, obviously, at Monmouth. At Monmouth. There's, there's no, Jason there's no way. Jason Monmouth. He can't not lose that race. Yeah. Uh, but after that, I think I liked what uh, Mark Cassie said, that he'll see him in Saratoga. I think that'll be a sporting thing if they can all get together for the Travers, and then we'll really see who's the best of this bunch. And obviously, I thought Game Winner ran a respectable race in the Derby. We haven't heard much from him since. Um, he will come back. Baffer will reload with his group. Uh, so you're right. There, it, it, it makes for, from where I look at it, it makes it better for, for gamblers. And I mean, for fans, too. And I think these horses are much more likely to stick around past their three-year-old season, so you actually will get to watch these horses maybe develop, not run six races, and then go off to the breeding shed. Yeah, it's it goes through cycles, right, where... It, you have these horses that go immediately to the breeding shed after the three-year-old campaign. And then you have these different types that go through stretches where people decide, you know what, we can have a four-year-old campaign. And it feels like we're not just this group, but it feels like we're trending more towards that. that these owners are recognizing that the breeding market might not be as good as it was, say, four, five, ten years ago. And it's actually worth to keep these horses in training. I think that really just varies from trainer to trainer and kind of... The longevity they get. Is it out trainer of their trainer or owner to owner? You think a little bit of both. I think um, you know sometimes they peak a little bit early with certain barns, and then it's more it's in everyone's best interest kind of for them to go to the breeding shed before they tarnish their record. Um, you know if you're if you're really good for a stretch of time, capitalize on that. See, I, I, that that also bothers me too. And we'll get to the Belmont here in a second. It's this idea now where horses can't lose races. Oh, I hate it. So I, I, I and I people have, I'm not the first one to say this. 
But these trainers that they need to win at 30%, whether it's service or uh, Chad Brown's not in this category where he's lost plenty of races, but they protect their horses so much they only put them in spots where they can't lose because they're worried about going back to their owners and saying, well, we lost this one big race. or we fi- Finishing second in a really good race should not be a big disgrace, Jess. That's my issue. I agree completely. I think back to some of the races I've watched over the years as a fan or as a handicapper, and I've gained more respect for certain horses in defeat than I ever did in their victories. Zenyatta's Breeders' Cup, the one she lost, it was an amazing race. I think that's yeah. the race that showed what she really was, more than winning against four horse fields in California. I think that showed the spectacular mayor she was. There's nothing wrong with losing. This idea that they have to protect these undefeated records and pick your spots so carefully, run a horse race. That's the point of this game. It's a stigma. And and the owners, they, they what they do is they gravitate towards these big 30% trainers. And so all these super trainers all get the best stock. It's not... It's not spread out enough. He's, I think, and I got. I, first of all, I'm not an owner, I, so I, I shouldn't speak like one. But I hope that if I ever get in the game or I had the money to get in the game, I wouldn't just say, oh, that guy wins at 30%. I, w- I would find some of these trainers with smaller barns, maybe they're winning at 14, 15, 18%, that do a good job and just don't get a chance to show themselves with a big horse. There are more than just three good trainers in the country I can assure you there are you wouldn't know with the way some of the owners hand out sure and I think that I think that's just such a shame because there are these trainers that consistently do a good job day in and day out and they're just um one brilliant horse away from being a top tier trainer I've always thought that way but some of the little guys at Suffolk too it's not that they've had a lack of skill or a lack of horsemanship it's just that they've never gotten lucky with that one great horse and they get these when they do get an opportunity we're seeing some trainers now uh, that are getting opportunities in New York specifically that have smaller barns that uh, you can see once they have a chance. And there's a couple running Saturday, which we'll get to. Uh, they can actually, you know, train a horse. That would be Todd Pletcher, Chad Bright. They, they, can, they can get the job done. Well, I actually think for some horses in particular, this a more individual program where they are uh, in, in these big barns where these trainers have hundreds of horses, do you really think that they are – Touching each one every single day and have the you know a nope, familiarity great systems in place, but and they have no, great assi- not and there, they have great yeah. assistance and they have a great team. But they, I think, some of these horses really thrive when they're in a smaller program where there's this individual attention each day. I keep calling it Belmont Weekend, which is what it technically is. It's Suffolk Downs Weekend. It's Suffolk Downs Weekend. It's also Met Mile Weekend, which is a better race than the Belmont. I, I, I will we'll start with the Belmont though, because that is the big race, and you're now two for two. On this Triple Crown tail, Trail, give people winners. And that's what people want on this podcast. M&M Investments, they want winners. Uh, favorite Belmont memories? That's a good one. So American Pharaohs Belmont is probably the greatest sports memory of my lifetime. I just remember, really? I remember wow. the grandstand shaking. It was just such a cool thing to be a part of and to be there. It was, um, it was one of those once-in-a-lifetime sports memories. But my favorite Belmont was probably Birdstone's. See that it's it. I I lost money that I, I screwed up that day because I liked Birdstone in the exact, but didn't play him to win. But that's the one that's. When I think Belmont. I think of Tom Durkin's call, and I think of Birdstone running down Smarty Jones, and just the feeling I had. Actually, ironically, where I'll be this weekend at, at Mohegan Sun as a fan watching the race with the Jerry Bailey bobblehead and all these fans. No one's going to catch Smarty Jones in the stretch. Going to get a triple crown, and little Birdstone runs. Right on by, and it's it's the memory, even more than Justify or American Pharaoh, 
I think of when I think about the Belmont. That's funny. That's kind of funny. So I was there and I was right by the rail because I was going to see a Triple Crown winner in person. And I, <laughs> I'd been there for Funny Side too and stood out in the rain all day to see a Triple Crown winner in person. So I was, as a horse player, getting really used to disappointment. Um, but I bet Birdstone. I liked him. Good for you. I was maybe 19. And I just remember Belmont going silent when, when Birdstone passed him. It was such a surreal moment. The entire track went silent i don't think anyone thought smarty jones could lose and then there was you know teenage me being like i have gas money to drive home this is great paid awesome he'd been won a two-year-old race up in canada but had been nowhere and he came back and he he showed how good he was when he came back in the traverse so it was not a fluke no um he he came back in the in a absolute deluge of rain uh in the traverse when he came back on in that huge rainstorm with mary lou whitney all soaking wet in her white dress which was a whole different story but it's funny you bring up the silence. The the only track I've been to where I've experienced that was watching uh, Farrell get beat in the Travers a couple of years ago when Dale Romans beat him, and no one thought he was going to get beat that day. Keen Ice. And Keen Ice runs by at the end, and it was silence. You could hear a pin drop. Sil- in the it- backyard at Saratoga, you you could, you could hear every, every bird chirp in that backyard you could hear when he got beat that day. I've never seen an owner um, less thrilled about winning the Belmont. Uh, I mean, Mary Lou Whitney's amazing. <laughs> and you could tell she was just so heartbroken for the fans. She was so happy that she won, but still, she uh, it was not a victory lap for her. So it turns to this, this Belmont this weekend. It'll come up as race 11 on Saturday, 6.37 Eastern time. Will live racing be done, I assume, at that point? It should uh, be. So they're running their last rate at 8, 8 o'clock uh, on Saturday. So it'll be a late night in Belmont. You get to watch all the live racing in Suffolk Downs and hang around for the Belmont Stakes. They have us go a mile and a half on the dirt. Uh, and for me, I, I, this is, it, it's, it's, we're recording this Wednesday morning. So my opinion might change on this. I don't think they're beating Tacitus. I, I know he's nine to five on the morning line. He's I'm eating the chalk. I understand that, but this thing, it just feels like it is set up for him to not just win, but potentially dominate. And a mile and a half in the Belmont Stakes. Talk me off the morning line nine to five favorite Tacitus. Well, I think we are going to be chalk eating weasels together on this one. Uh, this horse has looked like a Belmont horse to me from Forever. the beginning. Forever. He just has he checks every box. He's a slower developing, bigger, longer striding horse. He looks physically like a horse that just wants to run forever. And I think Belmont again is a genius. Belmont real he ran well in the Derby, and then Belmont said, "Okay, this is my Belmont horse." and I just don't see how this horse loses. And I, you are much more of a uh, a breeding handicapper than I am. I, I, it's way down the list after speed and after current form. Maybe occasionally two year olds in the turf. I'll say, okay, what kind of turf pedigrees this horse have? Even I, and I'm a dummy with this. Tap it, close hatches. I mean that that's as as well bred for a mile and a half as you can have. And if I don't think. It's a great three-year-old crop, and there are no superstars. Sorry, War of Will. He's a g- really good horse. He's not a superstar. He's a workman-like show-up and run in all three races and triple crown. I give him credit for that. Third race in five weeks. There is nobody else here I think is really in his category, and he's going to get a great setup. He drew the 10-hole. He's going to watch the speed go out in front of him, and he- he's going to have a great shot to not just win but win big. I, I completely agree. I think, and I think this has been a horse who's been a little bit slow to develop, both physically and mentally. You could see kind of the light bulb went on for him. I think in the Tampa Bay Derby, and then he came back in the Wood Memorial and looked like a racehorse. He looked goofy at Tampa, like he looked like a horse who was looking around. He wasn't quite sure. Yeah, he won by default. I think that day simply because he was a superior animal. Wow. Um, and then in the Wood Memorial, he came back and he was a 
much he was much more professional, and I think he's just getting better. And See, I, and, and and you bring up the the the, the maturity part. So the big three-year-old to start the the year was Hidden Scroll, which is his stablemate. Hidden Scroll was dusting him in workouts. It was Hidden Scroll and Tacitus. And if you look at the workout reports by Mike Welch, I was like, they do a great job. But it, I it sort of put the horse aside and said, well, Hidden Scroll is dusting him, no big deal. Well, it turns out this this horse is probably better than Hidden Scroll. It took a while to develop. And all signs point to go, the price is going to suck. I just don't see a better alternative, at least on top. If you're looking for a winner of the Belmont Stakes, he's the most likely winner by far. I think the way to find some value here is to maybe use him as a single if you're playing multi-race wagers and kind well, they, of work they, around him. And they have, uh, to their credit, I love the idea this two-day, 20-cent pick six they're doing. Two races on Friday, four more on Saturday. It's a minimum 20 cents. So you can really spread out. And you're right. You can go deeper in other races. If you don't want to play the pick six, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives. There's a million uh, multis into the race. I, I'm with you. I think I'm right now, I'm not using anyone else other than defensively. I'll use War of Will as a backup. He, he might be it. Who else should we be talking about in this race? I have one other weak, fuzzy idea, but that's about it. I think maybe Tax can hit the board. Okay. I, but he's in bottom end of my exotics here. I don't like Master Fencer at all. Like he's a big toss for well, me. I'm, thr- I'm thrilled he's in here because what happens on days like this is people see Master Fencer, who's the three horse. He made this big rally up the rail on Derby Day. Guess what? The rail was the place to be. Go back and watch those races. People, horses made runs up that rail all day. He's not trained well going into it. Did you it. see that workout? I, I I saw the video of him. Sort of, it was like a stumble. Was it a? What would you was, call it? you again? You read this stuff better than I do. It was weird. Uh, that was that's enough for me. That's it. Um, so he's a, draw a line through. Okay. They also worked him in bell boots, which I I cannot figure out for the life of me why you would gallop a horse in bell boots. Um, that's it, it's the thing they wear around their feet to kind of keep them from grabbing a shoe. Um, sometimes horses will overreach and they'll step on their front shoes with their back shoes with their back feet. So physically, draw a line through them. Yeah, he's okay. It's, good. It's, it's, just, it's just all odd to me. He's going to take money. Trust me, yeah, he's going to take money because he, he was a fast closing uh, seventh, uh, four lengths back in the Kentucky Derby. I said fourth, but he's four lengths back. People are going to. I'm okay him. being wrong about this. If he comes back and wins, that's fine. But I'm not. I'm good. We want to give Bourbon War any sort of look in this race. So blinkers come off. You and I both talked about him. We I think we both liked his chances to hit the board in the pre. I really liked him. And I like Mark Hennig. He went off at five to one. He took a lot of money. The blinkers did not work. He never really got a call. He, I watched the replay yesterday. Wasn't even involved there. I'm going to assume Henning knew that, uh, that that was just the blinkers. He's worked okay since. He gets Mike Smith. He's twelve to one. At least underneath, he's interesting to me. I'll use him for. I'll use him in my exotics. It's kind of going to be for me. Um, Tacitus, War of Will, and probably him. Okay. The the other one I want to point people towards uh, is going to be other, other Mark Cassie horse, Sir Winston. And I understand. Uh, he has this one race that just jumps off the page. He actually raced against Tacitus in the Tampa Bay Derby. Was forty six to one that day. Finished fifth. Ran in the Withers against Tax. Was thirty three to one that day. He has also taken a while to get going, but his Peter Pan effort. He ran into a monster in Global Campaign. No one's beaten him that day. He sat way back, made one run, and was running full of gallop. If if Cassie thinks War Will is his Belmont winning horse, he's going to tell Joel Rosario. Sit back and make one run. Those type of horses don't win the Belmont, but they run second. Andromeda's hero to uh, Fleet Alex ran second, and they were Nick Zito just said, "You're going to run second today." He's twelve to one on the morning line. Sir Winston is going to be my big price key underneath Tacitus on Saturday. All right, I haven't been I haven't been wowed by everything I've seen from him in the mornings. I've kind of caught a couple of clips here and there, and he's just. 
He's a workman like Yeah, he's super average to me. He's got a chance to, well, those type of horses sometimes can finish second or third in the Belmont. So you turn on this podcast, and folks, we just lit the world on fire. We both took nine to five. (laughs) Yeah, look at us go. In the Belmont. Look at us go. Uh, Meanwhile, race number nine, for a lot of people, is going to be a much more interesting race. It is the Met Mile. Uh, Comes up at 446, and this race used to be on Memorial Day. They moved to Belmont Stakes Day. It's one of eight different uh, grade ones. Eight different grade one races that uh, is going to be run uh, on this card on Saturday. And it is a much better betting race than is the Belmont Stakes. I, you could tell me one of like, I don't know, five different horses you like in this race, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's a super competitive race. This I, I think we're on the same page on this, and that it's one of my favorite races of the year. I just have such a fondness for the Met Mile. I wish it had its own day. I don't like it's that so it's... Much, you're crazy. It's so much better on this day. No, I liked... I, I, Grew up with it on a certain day, and I'm a little bit of a traditionalist, and I liked that it was Met Mile Day, not Belmont State. That was Memorial Day, right? Yeah. They run on that Monday. Yeah. But think of the eyeballs that'll see this race now versus seeing it on Memorial Day. I guess. I I just think it deserves its own billing. However, Front, Mackenzie, Matoli, Thundersnow's back in here. Promises fulfilled. Frenzy Fire. I mean, uh, oh, it's Frisian a great, Fire. Frenzy Fire. It's, it's a it's loaded a, it's field. It's a great field. It's a super competitive race. And I, there are so many ways we can go. Where, who do you like? Uh, I, I have not done the deep dive on this yet. As of Wednesday, I would tell you that uh, I said when he won the Churchill Downs on Derby Day that we just saw the Met Mile winner, Matoli. Because I thought he, he did something in that race he had not really shown. If you look at his past performances... He had gone to the front and needed the lead, looked like a need-the-lead type in sprint races. In a seven-for-a-long race, he sat off very good speed and promises fulfilled and Bobby's wicked, uh, Bobby's wicked one and did not miss a beat. He had the same explosion he had in the lane sitting off horses as he did when he was on the lead. So I know he's three-to-one second choice. I think as of today, I'm probably leaning the way of Matoli in this race. Thunder Snow. Man, you're not the only one. There's a lot of people like this He looked horse. great this morning from all all reports are he looked like an absolute monster this morning at Belmont. Uh I, I I'm not gonna be surprised later on this summer if he if he stays in America uh and goes to Saratoga is winning some races, but you're asking him to come back off his World Cup win uh against better competition than he faced that day in Gronkowski and Gunavera and cutting back. I know he's got a win at a mile. He's 8-1 to one morning line. It feels like you and a lot of smart people I know are going to be betting him. I'm going to use, but my top pick right now would be Matoli. And I, the other one, that I know it's the, the two favorites, but Mackenzie's race on, on Oaks Day was phenomenal. Now, you're, you're rolling your eyes here because the Bob Baffert horse, I understand that. But Baffert, he ships into Belmont, and he wins big races. And if, you believe, if you're a pace handicapper like I am, and you look at the speed here, Cole Front has to go. Matoli's going to be forwardly placed. Uh... Promises fulfilled for Dale Romans only has one way to go. He's going to show speed. Uh, uh, Forenze Fire has to show speed. Prince Lucky is going to show speed. You're looking for a horse off the pace. Mackenzie's 109 buyer would crush would crush this race. You're rolling your eyes. Go ahead. I no, I like the spe- I like the go speed ahead. from Cole Front on the rail. I I I think he, I think he's not a, impossible. I think it's a good draw for him. I think he'll get a good setup, and I think he might be the quickest out of the gate. What other races are you looking at? I just saw you, you. We talked about how it's eight grade one races. You have uh, the Jiper, the Turf Sprint, which is a wild, wild race here early in the card. How cool is Undrafted? 
He's uh, owned by Wes Welker. And I think company. he's had a longer career than Wes he, Welker he, did. Didn't Wes he? Welker is out of uh, out of football, under, undrafted. The turf sprinter still running, still runs, and ran well on Derby Day in his first race back in a while. And that was his first race off a significant layoff. And he's nine now. And you know. As we get older, sometimes these athletes, it takes a few races whoa, to regain whoa, whoa, your conditioning. Whoa, whoa. Just because I played golf yesterday and I'm still yeah, you're hurting sore today? today. Yes, yeah. I am. I know how that works. So I think with these horses, it's no different. Sometimes these older horses do take a race or two to kind of regain their conditioning and regain their fitness uh, coming off a layoff. The older you get, the harder it is to come back to form. He's had a bullet workout since that last race. Yep. I think this is a horse. Um, he might be my strongest opinion of of Belmont Day. And he's going to be a decent price uh, on Belmont Day because he's running against a monster world of trouble who is just fre- oh, such a good freakishly field. freakishly fast. He might he might he might be a better dirt horse than a turf horse, but they keep finding these good spots for him. Uh, he he is awesome. Disco Partners back in there, so it's a loaded field. You're going to get a price on undrafted. That race comes up earlier in the card, the turf sprint, which you're always. I have to admit, pretty tough for me. I'm either all over it or I look back and I say, what form was I looking at? Sure. Uh, what are the races you're looking at on Saturday? The Woody Stevens. I know we talked earlier that I'm a little bit of a pedigree nerd, and I'm just trying to be clever here with Honest Mischief. Uh, I was looking through the form, and the pedigree jumped out at me immediately. This is a horse out of Honest Lady, who was a half-sister to Empire Maker. She was a grade one winner and a top sprinter in her own right, and has been a nice producer. Draws the rail, uh, coming off a... A freakish race. Uh, he broke his maiden. He's only run two races. Uh, broke his maiden at Keeneland and just won by eight lengths that day. Might be a freak in here. He's got a shot. I'll tell you, the, the, the price horse I want to use there uh, is this horse, Landeskog, uh, for Doug O'Neill, who ran an awesome race in, back in Oaklawn. Just got run down late by Nitrous, but was running so fast up front. If he's able to get a breather, he can definitely uh, get on a piece of this. Nitrous that day ran well. He's back in here. Hogcrete Hustle, Hustle ran second to Mr. Money on Derby Days back in here. Mind Control, uh, who has done nothing wrong. I've lost every race I bet against Mind Control because all he does is keep winning, and I keep betting against him. He's back in there. Lextonian ran on Preakness Day. That is an Awesome field. You can make an argument that's a better betting race than the Belmont Stakes. There are some really competitive races and something for everyone. Like you said, it's like yes. a little Breeders' Cup. There, if, if you like turf sprints, you have that. If you like dirt sprints, you have. there's something for everyone to wager on. Eight grade one races uh, at Belmont Park. Anything else you're looking at at Belmont, or are you going to focus on those three? That's it. I'm going to kind of focus my attention there. Uh, undrafted will be a big price. Uh, Honest Mischief, you mentioned, is 6-1 to one on the morning line. So that makes up for Tastas at 9-5. to five. It does, and if yeah. you can get some of these horses home in some of these sequential wagers heading in and you've single Tacitus, as Jess is suggesting, uh, that you can save money and you know you don't have to bet the minimum. You can you can up your bet. You can decide, like Jess did on Derby Day, I'm doing a dollar trifecta box, not a 50-cent trifecta box, and when you know was it eleven and a half? Eleven, right, right okay. around eleven. You still have that. You haven't spent it all yet. I have been horse showing a lot this <laughs> summer, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, so this is the, the the second, the penultimate live race weekend at Suffolk Downs. Uh, you go there to watch the live racing all day Saturday. Free admission, food trucks, the craft beer. Everything people come to expect, and the weather's going to be awesome this weekend. What more can you ask for? There's nowhere in Boston that you can go and have a great day outside and watch a sporting event for that minimal of an investment. Uh, it's free. The Bruins are not playing Saturday, no matter what happens. Uh, they're playing Sunday nights. So you can go Saturday. You can go Sunday. There's one more live race weekend in June, and then simulcasting all summer long. I am planning my—I I don't like closing day at Saratoga. Closing day at Saratoga is very depressing. I've stopped going there. Um, I I will admit that I've cried on some closing days when you walk out of there for the last time that summer. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'll make it the final day, 
So I've circled June 29th as my big day. Bring the, I'm bringing the family. We're doing a big outing that day. So I will be there that weekend. You can be there too. And if you don't make it, simulcasting staying open all summer. Year-round. And you guys are planning, uh, can we tease the T-shirt? We have coming for yes. weekend, for the last weekend. You guys have a, a cool idea to send off Suffolk Down. So we wanted everyone to be able to go home if they wanted to with a little little piece of Suffolk Down, something that you can carry with you and you know think fondly of the East Boston Oval. So we'll be selling T-shirts on the final uh, the final day with uh, the prices to be determined, but the proceeds will go to a Tharbord retirement charity, which awesome. is a cause near and dear to my heart. I know it is. Um, if there anything like the last T-shirt run you guys did, where you did like the the Boston Strong for the one fun. You sold those for the one fun. I still have mine. Those were awesome t-shirts. I wear mine all the time. Do I give you credit for making those? Uh, Christian Teacher gets credit for okay. making those. Of course, I'll, of I'll course get, he does. Of course Christian. he does. Okay. Well, you, well, I'll give credit where credit is due. But these, these are mine. Who was on? I, I, he's, he's on doing SB Nation radio. Look now. at him go. National radio guy. Who is better than Christian him? Christian Uh All right. Suffolk Downs this weekend. Uh, is it JM Paquette on Twitter? It is. Okay. And, or the Suffolk Downs website. You'll have your picks for Suffolk Downs this weekend on the website. We have your Belmont analysis on the website. Yes. Okay, so SuffolkDowns.com. Winners all weekend. We'll see you at Suffolk Downs, Jess, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a great day. We'll Jessica see you there. Jessica Paquette here from Suffolk Downs. We are going to be back. You're going to hear this on Wednesday. Uh, we're back on Thursday with Matt Bernier and Dick Girardi. We'll do our deep dive into, I think, at least... Uh, the grade one races that will happen on Saturday, maybe a couple races on Friday. It's an awesome card. You can subscribe to MNM Investments so you make sure you won't not miss tomorrow's podcast. Uh, you can leave a rating as well because it's Belmont week, it's Met Mile week, it's Suffolk Downs week, so that means it's a two-podcast week. We'll talk to you Thursday for a deep dive on a deep Belmont card.